0: Hey guys, this is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, I didn't plan this, but it just kind of happened this way. The last of the three episodes during my kind of miracle vanishing period, I'm going to call it, where you won't notice I'm gone, other than me telling you at the beginning of every episode, but I am in fact not here and like recording, I'm just releasing episodes that I've recorded previously, Um, I want to talk about kind of the third of the directors that I've been talking about so far. So in the first of these three episodes, we talked about um, Satoshi Kon, and then we talked about Hayami Zaki. And now we're going to talk about the last director, the one who's gotten tons of, not- of notice recently, because he makes really, really, really um, What's the bed for? commercial, commercially viable film, anime films, and that director is Mamoru Hosoda. Now, Hosoda made things like um The Girl Who Let the Time, Summer Wars. I I love both of those movies. Summer Wars is probably one of my favorite anime movies ever made. Um and Wolf he he also made Wolf Children. Now Hosoda has everybody was really kind of blown away by his first film which was I believe the girl who left the time but don't quote me on that there's always a chance he had some sort of like indie college project that like five people know about and it makes me look dumb that's the way the universe is um but he then kind of slipped into this direction with summer wars there's a kind of... The thing happening in Summer Wars. There's a thing, the a trend that he starts in Summer Wars. And it's a kind of, like, furry trend. And it's like, he makes movies about, the, not about, but that it really involve animal people in some way. <laughs> So, in, to give you an idea, in, um, the, in Summer Wars, all, basically, it the idea that life is, interwove, is, like, intersected by this big MMORPG, and the MMORPG has everything from, like, your standard video game stuff to, like, Departments of Public Works and all this other stuff. So, everybody, so basically, everybody out there, much like Facebook, makes an account and makes an avatar. And the plot makes it so the main character is basically a squirrel kid. And the other main character is, for all intents and purposes, a bunny girl. Um, so, and the, and one of the side characters is just, like, a badass kung fu rabbit. <laughs> like, imagine Roger, Roger the rabbit, but knows kung fu. Um, but that was, that was just kind of like, okay, it's an online game, and it was, it's the first movie that it occurred in. So, no one kind of noticed it. It was just like, oh, that was a really great movie. It was like a really... It wasn't a unique depiction of the internet because it was the depiction of the internet that um, movies like the, like the first Digimon movie had also done. So, it was not super unique in that way, but it was a thing that happened. And it, and it, was, it was a good movie. And it was an immensely popular movie, which was also important. Um, but then Wolf Children came out. And Wolf Children is basically, what if Lady has sex with Werewolf and has Werewolf offspring, but Werewolf dies? So, and Lady becomes, and like, Lady becomes single parent of two children who are also wild animals and have to move out to the country to be able to A afford raising them and B like make sure that no one finds out that her little boy and girl turn into like dogs for all intents and turn into dogs for all intents and purposes if they get too happy, if they get too excited. Um, but that's basically kind of the plot of that movie. But there, it's like there's definitely, okay, Nat makes two movies with like a with like a furry, I'm gonna call it bend or that I'm gonna call it furry positive and there's nothing wrong with this. It's not, it's not, it's this stuff is not like seen as like at least to through the eyes of the movie it's not it's not like a sexual thing it's not it's just the stories he wrote um but then we get to the movie we're talking about today, which is the Boy and the Beast, which, is, as far as I think is his most current movie now he judge now he and his and the studio that he's working with just released a movie for, um, a movie called Mirai No Mirai, which, as far as we can tell, has no furries in it, which, I, like, the kid, at one point in that trailer, growls an awful lot like an animal, and it's really funny, because all I think is, like, oh, like, if I go see this and that kid turns into a dog... I mean, good on you got me in the theater to, like, watch your, like, weird, let's all get, let's all get furry costumes manifesto. (laughs) But, um, The Boy and the Beast is the movie that we're talking about today. Um, It is, a the boy and the beast is basically a story about and, and the other thing that's nice about this about Mamara his movies is that he's not the the plots are not ultra complicated they are simple and easy to get across such that I don't even need to like go super long in explaining it Um, so basically, there's a kid who is abandoned by his family and kind of wandered into this fantasy world where he becomes the apprentice of this beast, essentially. He wanders into, like, beast world where instead of, like, humans don't exist and, like, beasts are the primary race and beasts of all shapes and sizes and blah blah blah. He basically apprentices with this, like... Quasi-bear dude. Um... But then... After he becomes an apprentice, at some point he gets transported back. He goes back to the real world. And it's just... It's about him dealing with... A life he chose versus... A life he chose but can't... A life he chose and could stay with to a life he... Abandoned but wants in some way. And there's also a love story. Like, woven into that kind of... Pretty carefully, actually. But the thing that's really nice about Hosida is that he, in addition to having really simple stories and really commercial movies, like, these are movies that you could that you could easily go see, take a kid to see. But they, they also provide kind of, like, a total feast for the eyes. Like, I saw... Um... I saw... Summer Wars and Girl Who Left Through Time and Wolf Children and also The Boy and the Beast, all in glorious, like, maximum resolution, put it in my face right now, blah, 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 blah. Um, and those, and yes, tons of anime movies do that, but the difference with Momoro Hosoda's stuff is he has an almost Takashi, more like style to him. Stuff is, like, super flattened out, super simplified, super clean. It it just lets you appreciate just kind of, like, the raw beauty of the colors and the line work and the animation and all this stuff. Um, also they tend to do a really good job dubbing all of his movies. Um... You can, and another movie that kind of feels like a Memorial Hosted a movie that came out recently, I did my, the podcast first episode on it, is Mapping Princess. That's why I think Kenji Kawai, um, the director of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, and, uh, that guy, he needs a full TV series to like do anything. I feel like I've probably mentioned this in the review, but he, Kenji cool. Kawai, just he needs he needs the space to run and to be able to like build all the connections to work right. Because anybody's seen Ghost in the Shell standalone complex knows at this point if it's not considered, it should be considered a kind of an anime classic. But Napping Princess is just kind of like you didn't have enough time to tell this story properly, so the whole story suffers. But, um, like I said, uh, the difference between somebody like Kenzie Kwai and um, Mamor Hosa is he writes stories for movies, he writes stories that can that have a very traditional movie arc that have the kind the traditional storytelling arc built in it's not like somebody like the Mak- makoto shinkai who basically it, if you're watching a makoto shinkai movie it, his arc starts at the top of the hill and then starts to go down the hill and at some point a uh, executive knife comes a giant exacting knife comes and chops off the bottom half of the hill and you just plummet into a deep, dark hole of despair. And there is no way out of that hole. <laughs> Which is why something like um, uh, his latest movie, Your Name, did so well because so many people knew about Makoto Shinkai, and his stuff is gorgeous because of the way it's animated. It's animated using largely, like, cell-shaded computer technology, not traditional hand animation, so he can do these big, epic shots, and he can add a lot of detail without necessarily sacrificing budget. Um, But because your name... Had a more traditional story arc to it. It was kind of it was the excuse everybody needed to be like, "Oh, you mean that guy who makes really beautiful sad shit made a normal thing?" Yes, I'll pay all the money. I'll pay all the money to go see that multiple times. Um, but, Memorial Hosted doesn't have that level of like beauty to his work. His work is very graphic, but. He has the storytelling element. So it's like you have the traditional high-low-high-low-end-on-high kind of wavelengths of a story. And he also... He writes good, big personalities. And he writes characters who are conflicted really well, like, in, um, Boy and the Beast, the main character, Jinta, is, um, he's conflicted, because he, like, wants to be a master swordsman, but he's a human, and once he comes in contact with the human world, he realizes, like, you know, I'm, I'm a 16-year-old guy, I like, Girl, I would w- I want to stay here, but he realizes that he has made commitments to his master. I forget his master's name. Um, the big the big bear dude, and he has to follow through on that. So he's trying to balance his wants and need, but also he has things like a girl who's interested in him, trying to help him, you know, learn how to read and learn how to and all this other stuff, and that's very like that's very intriguing to him. And ultimately, the way the story plays out, he uses his skills as a swordman to protect her, which is really interesting. And he ends up being able to be there for her for. The foreseeable future by the end. It's just, it's. Lots of people, like I said at the beginning, will talk when they talk about, um. When they talk about, um, the. When they talk about... Um, when they talk about Hosoda's work... Sorry about the serious brain fart. Um, they'll talk about like the, the style... And then at some point... The furry thing comes up. But just because he has a predilection... Towards a certain kind of character design... Representing a certain kind of character... Um, because of an aesthetic quality to them, doesn't mean that his stories don't resonate. That doesn't mean that they don't work. That doesn't mean that he can't make great personalities. Part of the thing about him using, like, furry characters, like like, anthropomorphized animal people, is that he can, like, use that to his advantage and he can make, like, this big stubborn looking like furry bear dude like a stubborn at who doesn't really want to train Jinta but slowly like come to actually train him and put up with him and like love him and make like this like old wise troll dude really be like that and so he can he can make he can match a personality to a silhouette the same is true in something like wolf children where like the little kids are like like these wild like barking animals the way little kids are he, he found a way to express the full brunt of being a single mother and raising two like unwieldy hog-wild children. And it's... It's interesting that he finds a way to do that so successfully with the kind of anthropomorphized animal form because he can apply direct... He can... He's not limited by, like... Okay, at the end of the day, this person... this. Character still needs to look human i can make them as big and muscly and like stubborn looking as, they, as i want but wait if i make him into like a big monster dude who just looks like he hasn't washed his clothes in nine years i can really i can accentuate that and i can really make the viewer understand like oh This is what this character is. This is why this character is this way. And so it's just... It's an interesting concept. Um, But... I think I'm going to cut this one a little short. Since I'm doing this a little late. Um, But I'll be back next week with like original episodes recorded on time blah 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 blah. I might do another movie next week um because I will be just getting back and I'll be a little jet lagged and I'll be a little loopy but if you like these three episodes or you liked any of the episodes for like months past I do this every week uh, feel free to subscribe. On, I'm, I'm on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Google Play. Um, and feel free to drop by the iTunes page and leave me a review. Uh, let me know how I'm doing. I've gotten reviews from people before. I've changed things based on reviews. Blah, 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 blah. And if you have friends who like anime and they want to listen to somebody has spent upwards of close to three decades watching anime talk about it share the podcast with him. Say, you know, this guy rambles a lot but he seems kind of cool and he makes some good points. Maybe listen to him. Maybe find your favorite show out of the ones he's done. He's done all kinds of things from shonen and shoujo to seinen and beyond um and listen to it and yeah let me know what you think share the podcast subscribe i will talk to you guys next time